Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welkie Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed US customs broker and certified customs specialist with more than 18 years experience in the import, export, customs transportation and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast, Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welkie Custom Brokers. And today we have a returning guest, Bob Leo from Meeks, Shepherd, Leo and Pillsbury. Bob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Damon. Happy to be here. Great, great. For some of our first-time listeners, just give us a background of you and your firm and kind of what you do and how you do it. Sure. Well, we try to do it very well, but what we do is uh, we're trade attorneys. We advise uh, clients, whether corporations, small business, um, uh, individuals on import and export questions and advise on the law of the United States and the regulations with regards to import and exports, including where the other agencies other than customs or the Department of Commerce intersect with imports and exports like FDA, USDA. There's about 38 other agencies that have some hand in imports and exports. Um, we have uh, we have two offices now, New York and Cal- Southern California. Um, we have the same amount of attorneys, but we just consolidate in an office. So we nas- we're a national practice and um, have clients all over the United States and actually all over the world that need uh, help on importing into the United States or, or now, which I think we'll talk about today, on exporting with regard to all these sanctions that are being put on. So yeah, um, yeah. that's it in brief. Perfect. And since you mentioned the sanctions with Russia, um, go ahead and, and talk a little bit about that. Um, give give yeah. some insight into what's going on there. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's in the papers every day, but it, the, the devil is in the details of these things. So there, there are sanctions. Most of the sanctions are on exports from the United States and or, and or doing business or prohibiting doing business with individuals and companies in Russia. Um, the export sanctions are targeted, but they're also very broad in that they, they affect almost everything exported from the United States now would require a license to go to Russia in general. And then if it's going to anybody on the bad list, uh, on the sanction list, it would require a license, but you're not going to get one. Um, the U.S. is also it, it put um, prohibitions on certain imports coming into the United States. So just this week, they prohibited uh, oil. Uh, oil, gas is about to be prohibited, but oil and luxury goods from Russia and um, diamonds from Russia. So there's specific categories. Uh, for example, the diamonds are really just the not the raw out-of-the-earth diamonds, but diamonds that have not been transformed into jewelry, as an example. So. The sanctions are are coming out every day. They're in coordination with EU sanctions and the UK sanctions, which actually are a little bit stricter than the United States. So we're getting a lot of questions on, uh, especially from multinational companies with subsidiaries overseas, what they can, what can they do, what can't they do, and that type of thing. Okay. Um, the impact on importers has not been felt yet, although. Uh, um, 
just yesterday, actually, Damon, the president, well, the Congress passed a bill to deny MFN treatment to Russian, all imports from Russia. Right. And um, the president is expected to sign it today, most likely. And, and that, that will... puts everything for the, for the importers that know or your brokers, listeners, that means that your regular duty rates are now not in effect for products from Russia. You have to go right. to what's called column two, which is usually a much higher rate of duty than the column one yeah. rate. But still not prohibited import, just going to cost right. you more at this point for imports right. from Russia. Right. And, and the Congress also passed a bill to prohibit Russian gas and oil okay. from coming in. So that would be a blanket prohibition. That is also sent to the president for his signature, but I don't think he signed that one yet. So if you're trading with Russia at this point, it's very important to stay attuned to what's going on. Yes. And yes. if uh, I know I get a great newsletter from your firm, if someone wants to sign up for that newsletter, how do they do that? Uh, they can just send me an email to uh, robert.leo at mscustoms.com, and we can just say you want to be on my list, uh, on our list, and we'll put you on the list. Great, great, and uh, thank you for that. Now, one of the main reasons I called you is you, we, back, this is, I don't even know how long ago, uh, we talked about the 301 duties and a court case that's going through, and we have a, a an update on that that I read in your newsletter, but I, I thought it was worthwhile to get you out on the show to dig into it a little bit more. Sure. So um, the update is that the Court of International Trade, where the case was filed, um, over a year ago now, um, was decided in in a kind of a, a bifurcated manner. So the Court of International Trade is a federal court here in New York City. It is um, a federal district court, and they it's a three judge panel. And they decided they heard arguments. They they received some legal briefs, obviously, because that's what lawyers do. Mm-hmm. And um, they decided that. For right now, anyway, list three and four. So the duties put on products for list three and four by President Trump were put on legitimately. However, they don't think that the USTR, they're not sure if the USTR followed the correct procedure in deciding which products went on the list and which products were entitled to exclusions. So the, the Court of International Trade sent it back remanded, as it's called, back to the USTR and said, you have until the end of June to provide us with the reasoning back in 2018, 2019, as to why these products were put on the list, and also warned them that they said, you can't justify it now, you have to, you want to see the actual records from back in 2018 and 2019, so that's going to... Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. So if they didn't follow the procedure properly and the justification wasn't done then, they're kind of in a bind. Is is that right. kind of what exactly. I'm taking away here? Yeah. And the, that could validate with three and four just by them coming back, by the government coming back and saying, um, this, is, this is why we put these on the list or this is why they excluded it. But there's plenty of examples out there. I'm sure your clients and I know our clients, they just got it. They just received a denial yeah. for an exclusion. They didn't 
there was no reason given, just denial. Right. Right. And we know, given the timeline, which is one of the issues raised in the court papers, given the timeline between the comment period and when the final list came out, that there was no way the USTR could have gone through all, there were 2,000 requests for exclusions, 2,200 requests for exclusions mm-hmm. from list three and four, and there's right. no way in a week that they could have gotten through all those exclusions. Right, right. So, as you said before, the devil's in the details with all of this. Even on the side of the government, they have to follow the rules as well as the importers and exporters. And it's interesting because they just uh, retroactively reinstated some exclusions for the 301 duties. Yeah. Yeah. So out of the the 2,200 original exclusions and that had expired except for COVID-related products that Mm -hmm. have been those exclusions kept going, mostly medical devices and medical products. But they came out finally with a a request back in October saying that if you want an exclusion, these are 549 products out of the 2,200 that we're willing to consider exclusions to reinstate exclusions on. And that process took a while and they wouldn't... USTR was not really responding to status requests like when are you going to decide on these things Mm -hmm. but they did come out and out of the 549 eligible for retroactive exclusions they they approved about 320 of them right and um, those are if you have an exclusion now if the exclusion was granted again then it goes it doesn't go all the way back it goes back only to October 12th that was kind of a random of 2021, a random date picked by the USTR. Right, but right. it is it is open until the end of this year, to the end of 2022. Okay, and I think the important we've fielded a lot of calls about this. I think one of the important things to remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, is if you weren't, if it wasn't a valid exclusion for you previously, this isn't something new that you can jump on board. Right. Right, and that's a very good point because we receive calls like that also. In other words, it's not an open exclusion. Pro- it wasn't open to everything to begin with, and there's no opening now to, to put your product on the list. You have to look at the list, see. So even if it was another company that received this retroactive exclusion, you still may qualify for it if your product fits that exact description and right. harmonized tariff system number. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that companies and your listeners should keep in mind is that there is language in a Senate bill that was passed, but it hasn't been passed by the House yet, to mandate that the USTR open up a new transparent exclusion process for everybody. Okay. Uh, that's subject to the list. That is seems to have bipartisan support, but of, of course politics is playing a, a key role in that, and it's not moving so fast through Congress, and they they just went out for a two week uh, Easter recess. Imagine so, that politics uh, it'll is take a while for that to come through. <laughs> Imagine that politics is playing havoc on business. <laughs> never happens, right? Yeah, yeah never happens. <laughs> never happens. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, really important stuff to remember, and I think you know. Bob, we always love having you on the show to help update us. Now, the last time you were on, there was still time for companies to jump on this court case. I'll go back to that for a little bit. If you could just answer this question. Is there still time for companies to get involved, or has that ship sailed, so to speak? 
now, now, another good question, Damon. Thank you. Um, there is still time because the case is not decided um, by yet finally by the Court of International Trade. So an importer that's subject to these, these duties can file a case in the Court of International Trade and, and it, it will be stayed, which is like put on hold behind the lead case, which is the one that the court just made the decision on. Right. Um, but it, it will be stayed, and if the importers eventually win, so whatever decision the Court of International Trade finally makes on this, when they get the information back from the USTR, whoever loses, whether it's the government or the importers, that side is going to appeal it to the next highest court in Washington, D.C. So there's plenty of time to, to get in the lawsuit, to get in line, and if the importers eventually win, the, the uh, people that have put in cases and, and filed a case will be able to get refunds. And the question is whether the government, or I'm um, sorry, not the government, the court um, void the list three and four from the beginning, from when it was first put into place, or just voids it for the two-year statute of limitations. I don't want to get too technical, but mm-hmm. if you don't, based, but the bottom line is, if you put in a lawsuit now and the importers win, the worst you can do is get your last two years of duties back, with hopefully with interest, because that was asked for. So the, the, that would be the least amount. Then the best amount would be you get all your duties back, going back to September of 2018, or or uh, was it February of 20 or yeah, February of 2019? I think it was when list four went into effect. So, so if you're out there paying, so if you're out there paying list three and four duties, and you haven't jumped on, you might be a good time to reevaluate quickly and get involved. Uh, right. Yeah, because even if they open the exclusion process again to everybody, it's not going to be retroactive back to the beginning. Right. It may not even be retroactive for the the past year. Okay. So um, it is the best way to guarantee, or not guarantee a refund, but at least have a chance for a refund. Otherwise, there's there's no guarantee that you'd ever get a refund. Right. Right. So if you're not if you're not in it you're not in it you're not there's no chance um but you have a chance if you sign in explain to me this process because this was a little interesting to me i had never heard of this before with the lead case can you just kind of describe that a little bit more how you have to file a suit it's not a class action type program right right and that's a good distinction so it's not that your case specifically is being adjudicated by the court which a class action is that everybody, everybody that joins as a plaintiff is, is part of the lawsuit that's going forward. This, this where a case is stayed like this, they, the court picks the lead case and says this lead case represents the issues in all these other cases, and we're going to decide this case, and then if your case is, if your case is listed as one of the cases that are stayed under this case, then the decision will affect your case as well. Okay. And then each individual importer that filed the case would will have to deal with customs to get their refunds back. I mean, customs has that all all that information, but as you know, Damon, they they don't like doing the the drudge work. <laughs> yeah. so, so well, the importers for the list of entries, the amounts paid, yeah. and all that. 
Well, and that's that's where you get us as the customs broker involved. We keep a lot of that information. Exactly. So, um, exactly. my recommendation. Bad at math. Yeah, Some yeah. Brokers are much better. Than math <laughs> than I, I, you know, my recommendation, being in the industry as long as I have, if you have paid into these duties, if you have a chance to get them back, it's worth the additional investment. Um, Bob, if one of my clients or someone else that is not a client that's listening. What do they need to do to contact you to get involved? Well, the, the, the best way to do it is, again, send me an email, robert.leo at mscustoms.com. Um, we are charging, it, there's a $400 filing fee by the court to file, because you have to file a summons and complaint at the same time for this type of case. Um, so there's a $400 filing fee by the court, and then we are charging a flat fee of four the kick for the importer. Um, if it's uh, if it's an importer with a couple of different companies, but it's the same issue, uh, we can we can charge the flat fee. We can put all three companies on the say on the same lawsuit. So we just charge one flat fee for that. Okay. Um, so, but time so, is running out. I would I would assume that at some point you're not going to be able to get involved. It's like. Yeah, there, there's no uh, court-imposed time limit on this, but once the CIT makes the final decision, uh, you'll know we'll know what we're up against uh, as, as plaintiffs, basically, and then it'll go to the Court of Appeals in Washington, and you still have a little bit of time there. But yeah, if you don't, especially if you're if the importers win and you're limited to going back only two years instead of going back all the way to the beginning, then mm -hmm. it's much better to get it in sooner rather than later. Sooner than later, yeah. Because it'll cover your entries going forward as well. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, Bob, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. We greatly appreciate your insight into what's going on. Um, and we'll definitely have you on again. I think you're going to become a I'll regular guest here. So I... You know, I think the listeners are uh, excited to hear some of this information, and it's becoming more and more important to be, you know, a strategic importer, exporter, and to have this information. So that's what we're hoping to do. Uh, Bob, once again, let everybody know how to get in touch with you so that if they do want to do that, we have that out there for them. Sure, sure. Again, the, the best way is to send me an email, robert.leo at mscustoms.com. Thank you again. This has been Trade Secrets. Uh, Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers USA. If you have any questions for us or you want us to dig into a subject, please send me an email, Damon, D-A-L-O-N, at Welke, W-E-L-K-E, USA.com. Thank you very much. This has been Trade Secrets, the podcast hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Thank you for listening.